Hey, welcome back to episode 13 from the boys here at Wax Pack Miracle. Got quite a long debate for you guys coming up uh, in a few minutes' time. Uh, but as always, let's meet your starting presenters. Ryan Slaughter, 5'4", 185 pounds, and recently back from Backstreet Boys gig. Dan Hewitt, 5'10", 198 pounds, the U of life. Uh, Brian Waters, 6'2", and no idea how much I weigh, but I'm eating quite healthy these days, so that's less than it used to be. Right then, gentlemen, since we got together last time for episode 12, which I hope everyone uh, listened to, got quite a lot of good feedback on that one. What have you been up to, uh, other than going to boy band concerts, obviously, Ryan? Buying, selling, uh, watching anything on eBay at the moment? Um, I've got I've, uh, Bubbles just got in Richard Budd in the group he's just got in my Chase Winovich stuff that I've been collecting so we're looking forward to having that in hand and that's pretty much gone dry because of the product that's coming out um, and I'm going to moan about it every show um, really really Panini really need to focus more on defensive players and their product um, and then I was pretty drunk the other night so I um, bid on an auction for Earl Campbell autographed picture but it's a really really nice picture with uh, Walter Payton so I'm quite happy but apart from that that's it Dan, have you been uh, buying or selling? Um, sold loads of stuff, um, which ties into what I purchased. I haven't bought anything card-specific-wise, really, for me PCs, but I did buy uh, three mystery boxes from a gentleman in America who was selling off his collection. Um, so I've been selling the bits from there that I'm, that I'm not keeping. Did have one massive hit um, in a break, hit a Saquon Barkley. Um, contenders optic auto numbered to 99 now i just need to decide whether i'm selling it or keeping it and this is the man that always coats off contenders because he doesn't stand the product so yeah i know i know um my issue with it is that i said i'd sell every barclay rookie that i got because they were stupid money and i could buy them back cheaper and then what i've done is i've kept them all and now I've got this contenders one that I'll never buy. I don't know whether to sell it or not because I'll never buy one other than hitting one in a break. I'm never going to get one. <laughs> so do I just do I just keep it? I don't know. Well, it all depends whether you want to get a few cards of your new rookie quarterback. Which, if you wait a year, you could probably sell. I don't know what's in your fridge and buy most of his cards. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Fire sale fodder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, since we last got together, uh, I've not been that active on eBay. Uh, been waiting for new products to come out, uh, saving up for the National, uh, which is only six weeks away now. Uh, got a couple out of Luminance, but I'll talk about that when we come to uh, review that in another section. Right, let's move on to hobby news. Uh, Ryan, what can you start us off with? Yeah, the first one, uh, not necessarily card-related, but more memorabilia-related was the news that Steiner Sports had been, uh, had been sold recently to the giant fanatics. Um, what was interesting about this story was that Steiner himself was actually at the Yankee Stadium and had to run out of the stadium, get in his car, drive over to their warehouse because nobody had actually told him that the company has been sold and he was promptly escorted by armed guards off the property. Um, the... He, Steiner himself actually promised to try and keep the jobs, um, but that's not going to happen. Over 60 employees will lose their, start losing their jobs at the end of August. It was sold for 10 million quid to the Fanatics, but Steiner himself actually didn't own the company anymore. He sold it uh, to Omnicom for 25 million in 2000. So uh, really, once again, uh, consolidation um, of the sort of conglomerates in the hobby, really, in terms of memorabilia. Dan, what's the next item you've got for us? Right, so I've got a uh, another story about football still lagging slightly behind uh, the behemoth that is baseball. Um, last week, a Babe Ruth game-worn jersey went to auction and it sold for an eye-watering $5.6 million. Um, we probably don't have that much history in the NFL in terms of going that far back and having great slight Babe Ruths, but you never know, maybe in 100 years' time, a Tom Brady... Game one Super Bowl jersey might just uh, might just sneak up there and catch him up. How uh, do we know who bought this this jersey? Was it just a secret bidder? Uh, it didn't say. It just said one, but won by a bidder at auction. So Excellent no name. Stuff. No name. Well, that's that's a hell of a lot of money for for a jersey. So uh, that's probably going to make its way to the Devon area, I'd imagine. But that's neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a rumor which you never know. So there we go. Okay. Uh, 
now we move on to as teased a little bit earlier on well, as sure everyone is aware now the national convention in chicago is uh, just under six weeks away now uh wax pat lyrical will be there represented by myself and we are now accredited so uh somehow they've seen fit to give me a, a media access pass so uh, we're trying to get some interviews there and maybe even do a couple little videos there to see what's uh what the big thrill of the national is for a first-time visitor right at the national uh sports cars is probably 80 percent of the show but the uh other pool for a lot of sports collectors there is the autographs a lot of uh there's a couple of hundred uh, sports personalities will be there will be signed autographs uh you can't just go up to them uh like the good old days when i was at school of hanging around outside qpr's training ground looking for gary Banners' autograph uh, those days are long gone now you have to buy a ticket in advance and you have to pay for your autograph and you stand in a queue like you're waiting to be to buy a loaf of bread and you get called up you get your autograph put your ticket in and it's gone right a little quiz for for dan and ryan now tristar have published the prices of uh, the autographs on their website now there are various different autographs you can get. You can get a regular autograph. You can get a premier autograph. Uh, a regular autograph is anything up to an 8 by 10 photograph, a card, or a mini helmet. A uh, premium autograph, full-size helmet, or a jersey. Or if you want an inscription as well, the, 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 there is extra money on top. Right, gentlemen, I'm going to give you six names. We'll start with Dan and then Ryan go for the second one. Dan, you need to give us the uh, what you think the price is for a regular autograph for this player. And then Ryan will uh, then guess second. We'll see who gets the most. Are we ready, gentlemen? Let's go. A regular autograph for Ray Lewis. Oh. Baltimore Ravens. $200. Does it say praise be to God on it? No, there's no inscription on this one. Oh, man, no inscription. Uh, Ray Lewis, uh, money grabbing bastard, three fifty. Three hundred and fifty. No, the actual amount for Ray Lewis is one hundred and fifty-five dollars. Wow. So oh. Dan takes that one. All right. Okay, let's move on to his one. Since Ryan's going first, Earl Campbell. The price of a regular autograph from Earl Campbell. 80. Uh, $80 uh, from Ryan. I'm going to try and cut Ryan off at the knees and say $75. $75. The actual price is $79. Oh, so, oh, yes. <laughs> Ryan's taken that one. Right then. Number three. Dion Sanders. Back to you, Dan. Oh, Dion Sanders. Uh, I'll go back to my figure for Ray Lewis and say 200 Okay. Ryan, what do you think? 175. 175 from Ryan. The actual figure for a regular autograph from Neon Dion Sanders is $160. So Ryan takes that one as well. Oh, that needs to help me game. <laughs> uh, as it's in Chicago, let's go with uh, some of the Chicago fans will all be queuing up for. Mike Didka. Oh, yeah, it's me, innit? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan's Ryan just got the TriStar page up on his laptop. Yeah, I was just having a drink <laughs> of coffee and I forgot. Um, uh, oh, Mike Ditka. Uh, he'll sign anything. So, uh, oh, that's a difficult one. Uh, 70. Okay. Uh, right, I'm going to chop him off at the news the other way and go 75. Go above him this time. <laughs> He's on 75. The actual price of regular graph for Mike Ditka is $80. So Dan oh, takes that one. Tell you what, we were close though. We were, we were not too far away. Very close indeed. Right, that's four down. Three to go, so we don't get a, a tiebreaker either way. Okay. Lawrence Taylor. Price of a mini helmet signed by Lawrence Taylor will cost you how much in dollars? Thank oh, you. mini helmet. Mini helmet. Oh, dear. Which is still a, reg still, still a regular autograph. Oh, it's autograph, still a regular autograph. Yeah, it yeah. is. There it is. Mm, okay, then. Uh $80. Okay, that's 80 is the guess from Dan. Okay, yeah, 95 95 The actual price for Lawrence Taylor is $89, so that gives Ryan another one. <laughs> good ballpark. Right. Yeah. Good yeah. grouping. Yeah, good grouping. <laughs> right then, 
Emmett Smith. This one is mm. going back to... Is it Ryan again? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, Emmett Smith. Uh, okay, 100 $100. Is Ryan? This just regular autograph. Regular, regular autograph. Regular autograph. Uh, I'm going to come away down and go 75 75 The actual price... I feel like Leslie Crowder on the prices, right? <laughs> <laughs> the actual price of a regular Emmett Smith autograph at the National Convention next month is $235. I won't be queuing up for that one. Yeah, I'm a bit, a bit embarrassed to win that one, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, a little bit high, isn't it? Yeah. So it looks like Ryan's got a bit of an unassailable lead here, but we'll throw a couple more in because we've only got... Uh, Got a bit of time to kill here. We're not going to go with Hope Solo because we all know the price on that because we were discussing which picture she could sign for you on them out there. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, right then, let's let, let's go with. Um, oh, I've got the big list in front of me here. Right then, let's go with Jerry Rice. Let's go back to uh, Dan. Jerry Rice, proper legend. Ah. <sighs> One, two, five. Okay. Ryan, what are you saying? Yeah, it's a good guess. I like that. Uh, 150. 150. The actual price for Jerry Rice to sign a regular autograph is $179. Ryan takes that one as well. At the moment, the score is five to two. But I've got two more that I'm going to use. So let's let's uh, just humour me for two more minutes. So we right can make it respectful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, appearing at the show, non-sporting, William Shatner. Most people say Star Trek, but I see I remember T.J. Hooker because I'm not into the sci-fi stuff. So, what is the price of a William Shatner regular autograph on an eight by ten photograph? Because I don't believe Star Trek produced many helmets. So, <laughs> um, oh, William Shatner. <sighs> Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. I think he'd be pricey. I'm going to one two five. One two five from Ryan. I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. Having watched, having been a big fan of the Big Bang Theory, William uh, William Shatner strikes me as dog shit at these sort of events and is just everywhere. So I'm going to say seventy quid, seventy dollars, I should say. Seventy dollars. Yeah. The actual price for Mr. William Shatner is $89. Oh. So that gives Dan one well back. So well it's done, now uh, five to three. Right. One more. One more for you guys. One more. Here we go. Right. Joe Montana. The price of a Joe Montana autograph. But we're not going with your regular autograph now. You can actually select this inscription from the drop-down menu. He's the only one that's got about four or five uh, phrases he'll he'll write on, on your product for you. How much would it cost you to get Dan, uh, Dan Marino, Joe Montana even, to write the inscription with his autograph, I left my heart in San Francisco? How much would that set you back in, in US dollars? Oh, oh, oh. On what? On a... On a... So we're saying on like a full size lid or on a on a picture still. Full, full size helmet or jersey? Oh, my first. Yeah, go on, Dan. Uh, with the inscription two hundred and seventy five. Two seventy five. Ryan. Three hundred. Three hundred dollars. The actual price to get Joe Montana to uh, sign his autograph with the inscription I left my heart in San Francisco on your full size lid or your jersey is $499 (laughs) wow Mm. (laughs) so if you're listening Gav that won't be coming back to to be uh, (laughs) in in the trader's drawers (laughs) not unless I sign it myself so Sterling guys Ryan was a resounding winner there uh, well, not resounding, but he, he still kicked Dan's ass by a long way. <laughs> Gentlemen, do we think that was? Uh, do we think those prices are quite reasonable, or, or maybe a little bit top heavy? 
I think they're top heavy uh, personally. Like I said, I do a bit of TTM in, in my spare time. Um, I'm not quite sure I'd be paying those top top whack player uh, prices. Um, some are top heavy. I mean, no matter what I said about Shatner, he does it. He does do pretty much every Comic Con and every all of these events and and what have you. So he's he's a bit cheaper because he gets gets everywhere. Mm. Um, probably him sort of on the money, I guess. Um, but th- that Montana full size lid, five hundred dollars. I mean, he bought the helmet as well. It's a staggering amount of money. Do we know if these uh, the guys that sign do they get paid per autograph or do they just get a cut of the, the actual ticket money? I'd imagine they get a cut because I'd imagine they all have um, agency contracts as well. So the agency con- people will get money. The uh, guys that run it will get money and they'll get a cut, I would imagine. So about the $500 that Montana gets for writing that inscription in about nine seconds. What do you reckon in this case? 50% maybe? At least, at least, yeah. yeah with, especially with them, with all the prices differing, they're all going to get. They're all going to have their own sort of percentage, aren't they? Montana probably just won't refuse to do an inscription unless he's getting a staggering amount oh, of money. Yeah. You know, there's there are a few. The cheapest available are people uh, thirty nine dollars a time for a for a regular autograph. That's Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Mm-hmm. Marv Levy, Ray Guy, Emmett Thomas. Uh, there's no Steve Largent's there, but he signs so much stuff that you can yeah. pick pick his bits up for next to nothing. And he's going as well for uh, $69, which again, it's, I wouldn't pay that. Uh, the only person I was interested in uh, possibly getting their autograph is Edgar Martinez, who's appearing there. Uh, there's loads of baseball there, loads of hockey, loads of basketball. I just went with the football guys for us, so... Because uh, he's just been nominated into the Hall of Fame, uh, where he's going next month. I think, yes, yeah, uh, weekend after the national. So, I think the baseball Hall of Fame is as well. Uh, but his autograph's one hundred and thirty-nine dollars. That is the national six weeks away now. Uh, like I said, I'll be out there representing the Waxpack Lyrical Boys. Uh, any of our US sisters that are coming out, uh, come and say hello. We'll be floating round. We'll be uh, broadcasting from there. There's a few guys and girls going out there from the UK. We're going to meet up with uh, Drew and probably Ben from Midwest Brox Breaks. He's going out there as well. Uh, incidentally, Midwest Brox Breaks, uh, Ben, who was on in one of our earlier episodes, it's their first anniversary uh, this week. Been going a year now. Good stuff for them. They've got a great uh, crew down there now. If people are looking to get into breaks, uh, Midwest Box Breaks, they are great. Very trustworthy. Always gives you great stuff even if you don't hit you'll, you'll send out some good gear so I'd definitely go with them so there's your free advert Ben so that means it's an extra couple of beers for me in Chicago <laughs> <laughs> everything has a point boys everything has a point right then let's move on to the main topic today uh, Ryan do you want to introduce this yeah I mean we had a little bit of a discussion on an earlier episode um, uh, and Dan introduced um, really some news that Panini are looking to get into the UK market um, as they bought the rights to Premier League Soccer and we were sort of going to say look and it look like, looks like they might play a little bit more of a role potentially in, in NFL hopefully so we were kind of like thinking about how do we actually build the hobby in the UK what do we need from Panini to be able to do that so um, that's that's what this debate is about. Um, it's about our views, really, about what how we need to build the hobby here and what producers need to do. Dan, yeah, um, it's such a tough one because when you talk when you talk about it at the start, it's it, it's almost staggering. Um, in terms of it, just feels like it, it's it's now impossible that it's ever going to happen because the infrastructure's already there in America and to set up that sort of infrastructure that's needed um, from top to bottom. So from origin supplier, Panini, um, middleman distributors, and then winding its way down to public and shops, um, shops selling to the public. It just, it, it feels like it's almost too big a task to undertake. And at the same time, is there the demand? Is there the demand for, you know, a shop in every major city? Is there a demand for um, the, the sort of nationwide distributor? 
it, it's it's mind boggling. But some of the stuff we've looked at, we we kind of think it is. We've got some stats and whatever, um, and looked at scaling it up from where we are now to where we could be, and it feels like it's it's perfectly possible. Certainly, there's certainly the if you scaled it up, there's certainly the demand there. We would imagine. Have you got these stats to hand that kind of back up your argument there? I do have the stats to hand, yeah. So in our group, um, which is NFL cards, UK traders, um, we have a 1,000 members at the moment. We looked at that and a sort of um, pessimistic estimate of active members. By active, we mean taking part in a break sort of monthly guaranteed or buying cards monthly in the group. We probably got to a hundred members that are constantly active. Um, We run some figures on how much is ordered in product wise from America for the group. And it come to last year, $63,000. Now the caveat to that is that, that was just from the two main suppliers. So it was just from DNA and blowout cards. It doesn't take into account all the people in there that break personally in America, that take slots in Mojo breaks, order boxes themselves and get them shipped over. Um, doesn't take into account any of the other suppliers in America or boxes bought off eBay. So you're probably looking at a, a good chunk more than that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> What would we put a rough estimate on big breakers, say? Which is the group of ten of us that break break mm. fairly big breaks. What what sort of estimate would we put on that a year? It's probably five, five to six grand, probably something like that. Yeah, so then you're chucking so you're chucking it up to seventy thousand dollars straight away just from that just from that one group of, of ten people. Um interestingly, eighty percent of that product of the sixty three K is actually in, used in breaks. So that's um, not boxes purchased. It's it's um, Steve breaks open in his in his breaks that people then buy into um, from that sixty three k. We also looked at people who've got who are interested in the NFL on Facebook. Ryan dug that one out, um, and we got four point three million people say they like the NFL um, on Facebook. Now, of that four million people. A thousand potentially know that cards exist. There might be more. There might be two thousand have found the group and aren't interested. But it's such a small percentage of that of that number that it feels like if that's what a hundred active people are doing, if you only get another two thousand active people out of them, four point three million people, all of a sudden you're getting enough money to sort of fund an industry over here. So it definitely feels feels mathematically possible certainly so if Panini were to to break into the NFL cards market over here what would in your opinion Ryan would be their best way of doing it well I, I, we have had some discussions and we've had discussions and we discuss it all the time and I think it's really good that we do because I think that um a lot of ideas have come out of that and I think we could probably teach the industry a bit well two things but um, one of the things that I, I sort of was thinking about was that um, I, I got into collecting cards when I was when, when I was at school. Um, I've got a full set of ninety ninety one pro set English football league, all three hundred twenty eight cards. I have them. Some of them I even got signed. Um, but and it was that thrill of cards. And then things went to stickers. And I think what we one of the things that that you'd have to do, I think for to make card collecting over here more popular is potentially how do you transition people from those people that love collecting their stickers so kids you know 10 years old collecting stickers in an album to collecting cards and that traditionally means that to actually grow the hobby here we we have to do some things that maybe not like people like us or experienced collectors would want right like we all want different things we 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 all want different product we all want higher end product with nicer autos or nicer prime patches in or more classical look uh, higher end stuff we want a diversification in the market because you know people like me love the like you know the 
upper deck premier and exquisite but actually if we want to grow the hobby we've i think we've got to look at the younger fan and the younger collector and the job that i think that any producer needs to have in this country is is how do you get people to transition from their traditional say soccer type sticker collecting into nfl collecting now one of the ways the ways you could do it is by actually promoting a really really big nfl sticker album and you really go for it but maybe in each pack you get a card so there's one card in each pack the rest of the stickers you go in your album so you have to introduce it and then then get them involved through that way and i think that's the only i think that's more of a long long term growth option but i think it's the way that you would have to potentially do it to really grow the hobby it has to start off with 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 the with with kids and everything like that i think if you were into soccer collecting when you were younger over here and you're into the NFL now, we need to reach out to you. So we need to go find those people and that means we need to expand. To keep people happy here and them expanding here, we've already talked about it a million times and I'm, I'm pretty sure one of us will bring it up, but we actually do need a breaker, a, a full-time professional breaker in this based in, in this country. Um that has deals with producers and distributors that has a really nice online setup that breaks product, not just a football product either, but multi-sport product. Um, and lastly, I think that one of the things that to, to really grow the hobby here potentially is any producer would have to think about um, product as well, because I think you need to introduce we can't just say, right, we're going to bring over cases and cases of playoff and whack it into WH Smiths. Um, I found out by talking to WH Smiths, they could just order it. They can order it now if they wanted to. It's just that they won't, they don't bother because um, I spoke to them about it. But they, you'd have to, like a bit like they've done with Japan um, and a bit like they've done in other parts of Asia, where they have like prism-specific NBA, for example. You could have a prism-specific retail if you needed, maybe with like an auto, one auto chase or one mem chase or something that is more UK-specific or European-specific, um, and that it was available in the high street, whether it was available, you know, like your, like your classic Smithies or whether it was asda or whatever but it ha has to be somewhere and i think the final that's the final point if we really want to grow the hobby here and make it much much bigger create a bigger market i have to be i i have to be able to do my weekly shop and be able to pick up a pro product off the shelf in the supermarket or i have to be able to go downtown go to wh smiths or into my local um news agents and be able to pick up a pack of cards and i can't do that currently uh, we've got to get to that point. If we can get to that point, then we can expand the market. But there, there are a few thoughts I had. Yeah, I think when we had this discussion last week, we were we were chatting about it, and I, I was playing devil's advocate as such, saying putting spokes into the wheel. Um, yeah, putting the product in places like WH Smiths and and other such places that will will retail card packs they did that with playoff and playoff packs they were selling for was it four pound five pound a pack in there which is still quite quite a lot of money i'm not sure uh dan your your boy collects well we can pretend it's your boy we know you collect them how much are the premier league stickers <laughs> a pack these days well i was going to come i was going to touch on something ryan said so the, the the world of the world of our football has actually moved on um because Panini lost the license to Tops. Tops don't make stickers. So what Tops did make was cards, and they made match attacks cards. Um, and we we had a look at this when we were when we were discussing it. Um, so they make match attacks cards. They're purely base. Um, they do have the sort of parallels, but they're not parallels in the way that we know them. So they're not numbered to a hundred or numbered to a thousand or whatever. They're just they're just a different colour. They're non non-numbered. So there probably is loads of them, but they they are the chase card if you like. Um some stats I was looking at on match attacks said that a pack of match attacks gets sold every one point two seconds in the UK at a pound a pop. Which I've got written down here equates to 26 million 208 thousand packs of match attacks every season 
Now they've already. That's just the Premier League match text, by the way. That's not. They've already do a Champions League version and um, varying other, other versions of match text. Thought you were going to say a Championship? championship. <laughs> uh, no, no, oh no, mate. Stoke aren't in them anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so the market is there. It just needs tapping into. And something else I wanted to to. Um, if Panini are listening, I doubt you are, but you never know. Um, We've got a series of games over here, the international series, and we now get four games a year. Started way back in 2007, which was 12 years ago. Um, it's a game I was at, famous for an Eli Manning rushing touchdown, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't see many of them, and we saw one in the UK. No. Um, and since that point, we haven't had NFL cards in the UK it's just never happened the sport's been here 12 years we're at a point where we're talking about and the NFL's seriously talking about we could have a franchise we still don't have NFL cards I want to flip that on its head and say that next weekend we're recording this um, on a Thursday not this weekend coming next weekend I'm going to go and watch baseball um, because the Yankees and the Red Sox are over here I was talking to a friend on Facebook and he couldn't get tickets to the game. He was going through London Euston Station, called in at WH Smith. What does he find in that WH Smith? An international series box of tops baseball cards. So we haven't had a game of baseball in this country ever yet, and we're already selling baseball cards. Now, I had a quick look at the box. We've got no hits in, they're just base cards. Presumably, they're just Yankees and Red Sox cards, which you know some people will love, some people won't like. But they're selling cards. And here's a guy who doesn't collect cards, who just likes baseball, seen them on a shelf and gone, I'll have them. They'll do for me. I can't go to the game. I'll have them cards instead. I, I, it's, it, it's baffling that we've had this sport here for 12 years and we've got it to the point of we're talking about we're going to have a franchise and yet still we're having this conversation. <laughs> about how can we how can we grow this hobby, you know? Um, and it still feels like they're putting up the the, the barriers of growing it as, as if they almost don't aren't bothered about it being grown here. If you know what I mean, it just feels like they're missing a trick. It really does. Do you know how much these uh, London Series baseball cards were? I I don't. Um, they were what we would describe as a typical hanger box. So there wouldn't have been many cards in there, probably about 80 to 100 cards. There was no hits, no autos, no mem card or anything, purely base. Um, but it was just purely for that international series. So tops have twigged on straight away <laughs> and uh, are producing these cards that are selling. But there's the potential there for, for tops that this guy that's purchased the cards that doesn't collect cards, they're his first ever cards that he's purchased there's the possibility that now he goes on to be a baseball card collector. Perhaps he oh, doesn't. Completely. Perhaps he doesn't, oh, but, but perhaps he does. And that's, and that's kind of like, that's, that's what you've got to do. It's, you know. Well, that's, that's how you, you're going to reel people in. I collected uh, NFL cards back in the late eighties, early nineties, because I am that old. And there was uh, one guy, there was one sort of card show, which was sports cards. And a lot of it was, like your sci-fi stuff and bits and pieces. Once every three or four months up in London, me and my mate used to go out there, used to buy the cards. There was no internet back in them days. She was playing the Hovis music. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> then, then, then what there is, no internet, stuff like that. And you buy them. That, that's, that's how you got into it. And I just went through my adult life, which I'm still going through, I'm not that old. Uh, until about three, four years ago, I was buying Seahawks memorabilia, signed jerseys, helmets and and prints and that sort of stuff, Super Bowl trophies. When I was in Mill Creek Sports out in Seattle, I went to the counter to pay for my pictures that I was buying and stuff. And they just had a normal Seahawks team set there, just the team sets that you get. No autos, no nothing like that. About $6, about 15 cards in there. Took them back to my hotel, looked through them, went on eBay and went, wow, look at all that. Within a day, I joined the NFL Cards website and stuff and about the last three three and a half years i've just been absolutely spending too much money on them but <laughs> but, but that that is how you, you get people into it just drop drop it why on earth do panini not have a booth at each london game the tailgates for the last 10 to 12 years at wembley 
okay, a lot of the space at Wembley is now gone. There's not such a big area to tailgate. But you had EA Sports had a booth there every year where they were just flogging Madden. You could buy a Madden in the shops for fifty for fifty pounds over here, but they were selling it at the Wembley tailgate for, for twenty five uh, twenty five pounds. And you could, there were about thirty screens where people could play Madden, and people went, "Oh, look at that! Never played it before." That's how you get people interested. You've got a captive audience at Wembley of ninety thousand people who are into the NFL. If you had a Panini booth there and some guys and girls there just handing out just like little packs of just base cards of score and other such malarkey and rubbish like that but that's the way you, you get people in there then you put those cards into wh smiths you go to walmart in in the states or in target and, and all you get in there you get the hanger packs there's a chance of like a high level card in there but you're not going to get the hobby stuff which is a lot more expensive that's what you could do over here you could stock those sort of products in wh smiths and it would sell out i think it would sell out over here but then you would also need a market over here for the higher end product that us guys go for, just like your hobby boxes, which are normally at $100, $120 a time. You can't put those out in shops because unfortunately these days people would just be stealing them off the. You can't put $120 boxes of cards on a shelf in Derek Smith because people would steal them. All right. So that's the world we live in these days. So there has to be an outlet other than the low level stuff to get people into it for people that have a little bit more money that are, as we've all discussed previously on other shows and other guys have discussed throughout the hobby. A lot of people now that drive this hobby are guys that like me, I suppose collected cards as a kid went through, got some money in their pocket. Now have got good jobs, got good careers. And now they've got back into cards because they can buy hundred, $200 cards at a time if they want to. So there's got to be, two levels of market here in the UK and at the moment we've got none you know start with the low level one and then find like, like Ryan said get a breaker over here get some that can get product in at reasonable prices and just do it football baseball basketball hockey just break all of them because there's definitely a market because people over here love their sports Ryan yeah I, I don't I don't think there's much more we can cover on this I think that the, the the reality of the situation i think is is that we, we do everything that we can and we're always trying to think of new ways whether it's um in on this podcast and reaching out or whether it's the um the admin um in our in our uk traders group we're always thinking of ways that we can try and expand but the reality of i think comes back time to and it's something that we've talked about before is something that we even wrote to a different podcast about which was the and i'm not just saying the uk but also the european market needs the producers to take that market seriously and to take it seriously you have to have a long-term plan and it's fine buying up all these licenses for all these other sports but you you've got to get it right you've got to get it right um and um and if you do get it right and you have product that people can quite literally buy off a shelf today then uh then you can grow the hobby here and you can make it sustainable and then you can you can bring product over. You can bring more mid-level and high-level stuff over here to, to for people to get. But I think it does come down to the key thing. Can you pick it up in a shelf? Can you buy it from somebody that lives in the UK? It's based in the UK. Can you break in the UK? Uh, until we get to that point where we are doing that all the time and it's a daily occurrence, then um, that has to be our aim. Yeah, because like Dan said, $63,000 was spent on cards. But then... When Steve imports them from Blowout and DNA, he's paying 20% import tax. Yeah, huge amounts of tax. Huge amounts of tax on there as well. So so we need a distributor that's going to sell at the cost so we can get the product for the same price that you can in the States. Let's hope we can do it. Just to jump in there, the issue with that is Panini needs to, to make it available, if you like. It's not DNA's fault, it's not Blowout's fault that, that we pay tax. But Panini have got a company sitting over here, Panini, and they've got a company sitting over there, America, Panini. And they, I don't know what the laws are on it on, on it or whatever, but bring that product over, make it available without the import tax to, the, to a UK distributor who can then make it available to breakers, make it available to hobby shops. And then 
like you say, we're getting access to we're getting access to cards at the same sort of levels as as what the US are. But it all boils down to Panini taking that first step and actually bringing the cards here that that is going to is going to gain us access to that. Yeah, exactly. It's be something we can uh, certainly watch with. Uh, well, you can't really watch with bated breath, but we will <laughs> we will have bated breath as this as this plays out during the next few months because. Uh, Panini are definitely interested in, in, in doing it but whether they do or not only time will tell right then let's move on to a couple of product reviews what's been released since we last got together Dan uh, right first of all well they were both on the same day but we'll do uh, we'll do Luminance first so we've got Panini and Luminance football got released on the 7th of June this year uh, Hobbybox is currently running at $120 product configuration you're getting 10 cards per pack, four packs per box, 12 boxes per case. And on average, you're looking for three autographs, one relic card, five parallels, and four inserts per box. Okay, what do we think of Luminance? Let's start with uh, Ryan. Yeah, I hopped onto the market, didn't it, last year? And I'm not, um, it was different. Um, you know, the, the style that they, the style that it has with the sort of action shot type stuff. Um, I, it, it's all right. It's fine. It, I, I, it's a nice-ish product. Um, I do really actually like the the gold ink autos. I think they're twenty-five to less, aren't they? Uh, and the blue blue inks are five to less. That the draft day signatures they're nice. They're really really nice. Um, but I'm not a big fan of the the um, the patch cards because because the cards are quite bright with the different colors and then you've got these different color patches and i've talked about this before it's why i hate origins um just doesn't look right um but it's okay product i know that a lot of people scream and shout for it they love it um i think if i was just you know j- there's only one card i'd probably want in in this year's product and that would probably be aj brown gold signature but I-, I can give or take the rest of it Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. I'll probably echo Ryan, Ryan's views there. Uh, last episode, I said I'm not really a big fan of it, but the on-card uh, rookie premier signatures, gold ink especially, is is outstanding. Uh, Seals have got two players in that, uh, DK Metcalf and Gary Jennings. DK Metcalf, a couple of his went, uh, as Ryan said, the gold ink's only 25 or less. Guy put one up on eBay last week for $60 or best offer. My cheeky bid of, I think it was $47 was accepted, uh, which I was quite pleased with. I thought I got very good value for money, especially as we've seen a couple sell this week of the gold ink at 25, for about $115, $120 a time. So I've had a good deal there. Picked up the Gary Jennings gold ink as well for $27. And that's me done with luminance. None of the other cards really appealed to me. Um, don't like the the sticker what was on there. It looks like, as I said last episode, looks like an old newspaper with a sticker stuck on top of it. I'll probably pick up one auto from that. It's Travis Homer who's in there, who's Seahawks uh, late round draft pick this year. I'll pick up one of his just to add something, get me that for four or five dollars. But I might save that till the national. Uh, Dan, what do you think of Luminance this year? Um, I'm more of a fan of it this year than I was last year. Um, I quite like the little touch of colour. So last year I found it quite grayscale. I think that they seem to have not quite washed the picture out quite as much colour-wise um, this year. So you can see some of the, the colour of the players' jersey. I, I, I quite like that. I don't like the sticker autos on the on the white card. I think it, it looks naff. It looks out of place. Um, I understand it's a cheaper product. It's going to have sticker autos. I just think maybe we could design a product that has got a... <laughs> almost a spot for the sticker to go so it just <laughs> like it blends in a little bit more um yeah the, the as you guys have said the on-card autos um the gold and the color um the the blue color autos on the on the draft day signatures are lovely um i'm still not a fan of the base design still not a fan of the base design the fact that they put that player's name that looks like an autograph every time it just that it just does something to me. I'd, I don't like it. Um, when I watch it in breaks, you think oh, I've just hit one of them draft day autos every time you see one. Um, yeah, I don't like that. But but aside from that, it's it's an you know it's an average product, an average price. 
it's nice to be getting on cold autos again for the new season, isn't it? So, you know, it's not all bad. Exactly. Right then, on to our second product, which is uh, Leaf Flash. What are the details on this one, Dan? So Leaf Flash um, released on the same day, 7th of June this year. The box is currently running at $92. You're getting five cards per pack, 12 bucks. Uh, sorry, five cards per box, 12 boxes per case. Um, and you're looking for five autographs in your box. Okay, what do we think of Leaf Flash, Ryan? Um, I've always said it's like a guilty pleasure, isn't it? It's that it's that product you should absolutely, absolutely detest and don't want anything to do with, but you strangely feel yourself clicking that button to buy into that break and strangely feel yourself buying them on eBay and you have no idea, even when you get it the card into hand, why you've done it, um, but you do it anyway. Um, so I think it is quite literally the ultimate... Um, guilty pleasure leaf flash um it is what it is it's in your face it's uh sparkly for no reason whatsoever um i do really like the uh flash photography they're they're, they're quite a cool card and the, the flash of greatness um not quite sure why they keep showing the daniel jones one and the preview um but uh no 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 but uh <laughs> I do like it, and some of the some of the coloured um, parallels look pretty cool. So I seem to have a thing about purple parallels this season. Um, so I got very excited when Chase Winovich came in this morning. Um, so um, uh, so yeah, it, it's a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Really, Let, let's be serious about it. It's it's just a guilty pleasure. So purple parallels and a trip to see the Backstreet Boys this week. Is there something you want to tell us, Ryan? Yeah, I'm going through a difficult period in my life. <laughs> <laughs> a very early midlife crisis going on yeah definitely definitely dan what do you think of flash yeah i mean i can only echo what i can only echo what ryan said really I, i've got it written on my show notes that the 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 amount of sparkle is almost it's just it just feels like a massive gimmick that is um that works it's a massive gimmick that stops short of being naff if you know what i mean it doesn't quite go as far as being tacky um, and it still looks it still looks fine, and you want to and you want to pick them up. Um, touching on what Ryan Ryan said about uh, about that particular parallel, the flash of greatness, I really like that. I've seen one um, one particular picture where the sort of um, the the player is framed in what looks like almost theatre curtains mm-hmm. um, down the side and across the top. That looks that looks really cool. Um, unlike these boys, if anybody's got a Daniel Jones that they're getting rid of, I'll uh, I'll pick that up from you. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's it's a three-way agreement here, guys. I go with the same guilty pleasure. You can pick them up pretty reasonably. Uh, I'll be picking up a couple of DK cards in the next few weeks, I'm trying to save it for the national because I want to do some hunting when I'm out there. Mm. I don't want to have everything going to my. Um, to my mailbox out in the States just to be sent back here. I'm going to go out there and have a proper delve through some boxes. So, yeah, big thumbs up from all three of us there for Leaf Flash. Excuse me. I've just sneezed, so it's... Uh, I have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the review section done and dusted for episode 13. A uh, couple of previews. Coming up, Dan, what are the next few products we can look forward to seeing on the market? So we've got three products coming up. We have um, Domino's Elite Football 2019 is the next one, 26th of June. We've got um, Leaf Valiant Football um, comes out on the 28th of June. And then we've got another Leaf product, Leaf Ultimate Football, comes out on the 5th of July. What is Leaf Ultimate, guys? I'm going to let Ryan field that one, as soon as he filled me in on what it, what it was, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> okay, Leaf Ultimate, we had the Leaf Ultimate in 2018, but 2019 we're looking at a massive decrease. It's going to be a very limited production run. Um, there are 200 cases in total, each including 10 boxes, uh, and as the advert says, this means the overall production is under 2,000 boxes. Um, one of the good things about it is i think from a lot of the leaf stuff it does have the same similar design but i quite like the look of some of them ultimate stars um so you have rookie signatures of course and there's ultimate stars autographs and ultimate weapon uh autographs um and each set has loads and loads of parallels including low number versions um the fact that it is 
um, so sort of uh, such a, a low SP on on the product, I think will make it quite an interesting product to chase. Five autographs in each box. No, that sounds good. Just a quick note on uh, John Russell Lee. The first off the line version released yesterday uh, on the Panini website, one hundred and twenty dollars mm. a box. That sold out within a few minutes, as every first off the line product seems to these days. Already. Um, there's bounties being offered by blowout to, to buy boxes back. And when I checked this afternoon, uh, there are just over 50 boxes had already been sold on eBay at an average price of $175 a pop. So instant profit if you can get hold of it. Uh, we've all agreed in this in the past, and it's something I'm sure we'll touch on again in the future, that if you want to prospect, instead of prospecting on a player's cards, the best thing you can prospect on is sealed wax. Buy a couple of boxes, Stick them away for two years and you'll make a fortune. The Contenders 17 hobby boxes, uh, they were going for, and I remember buying two boxes out in the States, uh, card shops. I could have got them cheaper on eBay, but I was paying $140 a time for those Contenders boxes, uh, the hobby ones. Now they are selling for $600 a time, and they are selling. They're not just sitting there. They are selling for those prices. Mm-hmm. So come later this year, I think the boys here, we have decided we may make a small investment in buying a few boxes of contenders when it comes out, <laughs> holding on to them, and then uh, watching the market plummet because we've bought them. Yeah, for... yeah, yeah. <laughs> not this year, not this year, not, not this year. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that comes to. Right then, gentlemen, that brings us almost to a close for episode 13. Any other business, Dan, Ryan? No, it's been fantastic. No. Excellent stuff. By now, you should all know how to contact us uh, via our Twitter feed, which is at WaxPetLyrical. The email is WaxPetLyrical at gmail.com. And we actually are working on a Facebook page, which should be up and running before the national. So until the next time, it's been a pleasure as always. Any last words, gentlemen? Happy collecting. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. And we'll catch you all before the national.